if you will, let us look to the Lord first. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we magnify and glorify your precious name. Thanking you this day, Lord God, is, this is the day that you have made, Lord God, and it's a day that you have given unto us, Lord God, to, that we may enter into your presence, O oh God, that we may have an encounter with you, Lord God, that will change us, that will continue to change us, that will continue to rearrange us, Lord God, in such a way, Lord God, that moving forward and going forward, that we will never be the same, Lord. And Lord, we don't want to take that for granted. We just want to say thank you right now, Lord. Thank you for your presence in prayer and, and your presence in praise and worship, Lord God, that Man, that just soothes our hearts, our minds, and our souls, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord God, as we open our hearts and turn our hearts towards your word, Lord God, speak to us. Speak to us, Lord God, from your word. Give us and feed us from the bread of life of what you know that we need, Lord God, not what we're looking for but the nourishment that we need, Lord God, that will help us and, and enable us to continue on this journey called life. It's in Jesus' name we pray on this morning. And all the saints of God, let us say amen. 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 amen, amen. If you will, turn your Bibles to 1 John. 1 John chapter 2. And 1 John is at the back of your Bibles. It's right there uh, before Revelation. Uh, you have 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, but we're going to be in 1st John chapter 2 on this morning. There is a word of encouragement that God has and that he wants to speak to our hearts on today. If you heard what I said, there's a word of encouragement. See, God wants to encourage us on today. Uh, in there, it may not seem like it from at first glance, but if you stay with me and, and you listen for a while, then he definitely wants to encourage us. Hallelujah. So our text is 1 John chapter 2 verse 15. 1 John chapter 2 verse 15 and this is a passage or a verse that uh, all of us and I'm sure or at least most of us know are familiar with. 1 John chapter 2 verse 15. And if we are there it reads like this. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Is everybody there? Amen. Amen. So it says this. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And then verse 16, he goes on to say, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world is passing away. And the lust of it. 
but he who does the will of God abides forever. Amen. Let me just start by saying this. This is we're not going to be very long, but this just is a short word of encouragement that God wants to speak to us because we are living in a time uh, that the world uh, has such appeal. Uh, we are living in a time. Oh, but you know what? Let me define exactly what we're talking about. Let me do this right. The Bible speaks of the world when it, it refers to the world in three different ways. Uh, the first way or one way that it refers to the world is as it speaks of the world in creation. You know, the creation, the earth, the planets, the heavens, you know, uh, the trees, the stars and whatnot. Acts chapter 17 verse 24 is a beautiful picture of the, the one way that the Bible refers to the world. And the, uh, the world as the creation is not what is being defined here in 1 John chapter 2. He's not talking about do not love creation. Okay? And the, the second way that the Bible refers to world is in the form of humanity or human beings, should I say. In John chapter 3 verse 16, most of us is super familiar with that. Uh, 16 and 17, when the word of God says that God so loved the world, he was talking about mankind in particular in this situation. That's not what he's talking about here in 1 John chapter, uh, uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse uh, 15 and 16, when he says, do not love the world. So he's not talking about don't love your brother. But here in 1 John chapter 2, this, this is a reference to the third way that the Bible speaks of the word world. And this is uh, specifically talking about the system, the world system is specifically talking about that system which represents the God of this world, which is Satan himself. So when he says, do not love the world, he's talking about the world system. Not creation, not your fellow man, but specifically the world system. Somebody is saying, what is the world system? See, the world has had a system for a long time now, for a very long time. Going all the way back to the, the fall of man is when the world system began. Because prior to the fall of man, the system that was in operation on the earth was God's system. But with the fall of man and sin entering into the world, then, uh, then God allowed for a season and a time that the word of God speaks of that, that, that Satan now is the God of this world. And the world he's talking about is not the God of creation. He's not the God of mankind, but he is the God of the world system that is in operation right here on the earth, my friends. So God is just wanting to draw some clarity because we didn't heard these words in, in many different ways these things have said. And if you don't have a clear understanding that you will, when you hear that God, that Satan is the God of this world, then you can, if you got, if you're confused about it, then you, you will think 
uh, somehow that he's the, the God of humanity and he's not. He's the God of a system, an evil system that has uh, come up against uh, God himself in God's ways, my friend. And this is what God is saying to us. The word of God is saying to us that we as believers are not to love the world nor the things in the world. And this is why I can clearly see, say that if you have a love, a love, any form of love for the world, as it says that if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Well, there's a dilemma. I'm going to say it again because you know, I told you that there's a word of encouragement, but it may not start. It seemed like that's starting out, my friend, but we're going to get to the encouragement part. It's telling us that if we have a love for the world, that the love of the Father is not in us. So it's just it's plain and simple, my friend. This is something that God is that, uh, calling to our attention that we as believers have to be confronted with and we and you have to confront yourself. We are living in a time that, yes, as uh, the word of God tells in, in, in Paul writing to Timothy that, that in the latter days and in the last days that, that the, man, the world system is going to catch up, even uh, try to capture the children of the Most High God. That it will even move to the point where it will, the, even the very elect will be, what, deceived. We, we are uh, the world system that, that is in operation right now is, is operating at an all time high. And we as Christians, we have to wake up, look up and, and smell the coffee, my friend, and not be deceived. So uh, what are you saying, Pastor John, looking up and waking up that, that we have to intentionally, my friend, stand against the world system. Instead of standing in, uh, for the world system, we have to intentionally, somebody say intentionally, that means on purpose. That we have to on purpose. You know, sometimes, you know, it's things that we don't want to do intentionally or on purpose. See, don't step on my foot intentionally or on purpose. But to stand against the world system and to stand, meaning to stand for God, we have to intentionally, you have to own purpose. This is not going to happen by happenstance, my friend. And we as believers, we, uh, God is calling us to a place of accountability. We cannot just continue to, uh, to waltz through time, you know, doing church. You know, or, or, or doing Christianity, my friends. No, we have to be the church. We have to be the Christians, my friends, now. So just as the, you know, uh, as the, the word of God tells us so plain and very clearly that as time go on and in the latter days, how increasingly the uh, evil will increase. So if evil is increasing, then don't you think that, uh, that, that the love of God has to increase? 
in order for us to, to stay in uh, the war. So I heard somebody talking or testifying here just a second ago about the, the battle that we're in. How do you think that we can stay with, uh, with the, you know, the toy guns and the enemy is playing with the real guns? Oh, let me just make it more sensible. How do you think that we can uh, you know, fight the battle with knives and the enemy got AK-47s, my friend? No, we have to come up and we have to be fighting at a level, Lord, that God is calling us to. And so what does you mean fighting at a level? No, we ain't talking about physically, but we're talking about spiritually. So that means that we have to pay on purpose, pay attention to and, and walk in what God is calling us to. So we have to be who God is calling us to be. We have to do as God is calling us to do. And so the, the, the one, any of us, anyone that loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. It's what the word of God says. And, 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 and the, the reality is, is, my friend, is that because the love of the world is enmity towards God. John warns the readers not to love the false uh, values or false standards, the false gods of this society. Because whether things, whatever things are involved in the world system are under the authority of the evil one. So we have to be consciously and focused and aware of the false values that the world offers that, that we can easily get sucked in, into because we, there ain't no, we don't see the line that needs to be drawn. And ultimately what we see then is that, that our standards begin uh, to, to, to waver or, or, or we, get to, we begin to adjust our own standards, my friend. This is a dangerous thing, my friends. It's a very dangerous thing. So what ultimately ends up happening is that we uh, are being sucked in just little bit by little bit so subtly, you know, to even then, you know, uh, we are open, wide open. Somebody say wide open, see? Because what happens is then we begin to be wide open to what has been a problem you know, going all the way back, you know, from, from the beginning of time. Now, all the way back to, to the time of the prophets, all the way through the time of Christ coming and, and the false prophets that were teaching, we began to be open to false, false prophecy and false doctrine because when our standards are lowered, then we become, you know, very subtly susceptible to the things uh, that, 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 are come, that, that the enemy is sending forth to compromise. To compromise God's truth and to compromise the, the doctrine of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the truth be told, my friend, this is what we see evidence of right now in the church. In the Christian church. The standards have been lowered, our, our guard has been put down, and as a result of it, then uh, because we ain't been paying so much attention to it, then just subtly the standards of the world system have taken precedence 
And so now what we see is the spirit of the world operating in and over the church. And this is a no other, whose responsibility is it? It is you and I, my friend. Who will stand against the foolishness? Because if we don't stand for it, then who, who's going to stand for it? And so, yes, God is wanting to encourage us. He needs somebody to stand and to be aware and to know that we cannot love the things of the world. So where does love come from? See, somebody is, you know, well I, well, I don't love it. I just like it. Where do you think love is developed from? The love is developed from, it starts with a like most of the time. See, that's, 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 the, that's us lowering our guards to where we being entertained by even the things that the enemy has to offer, my friend. See, in the book of James, the word of God says, James chapter 4, you can go there with me real quick. There's a real danger in loving the world because when you love the world, then you become an enemy of God. It refers to him in James when he was writing, he was writing to the Hebrews and they understood this because much of a, from, from the, you know, from way back, you know, James was able to use a marital language to, to, to rebuke those who had let their love for the world replace their love for Christ. Come on, somebody. Their unfaithfulness, uh, unfaithful behavior has placed their relationship with God in such jeopardy that they uh, all uh, were called adulterous. And see, in, in, in back in this time, you know, many people, uh, adultery or, or the marital language was used a lot because they all understood that language in there. And so what happens is, is when we have a love for the world, then we, it, 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 it takes a, a negative influence on our fellowship with God, my friends. So here in verse 4 of James chapter 4, it says, Adulterers and adulteress, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? See, somebody was wondering, well, I don't love the world, but... uh. But, you know, but uh, I just, you know, there's some things that I like and, 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 and maybe I can have a friendship. No, uh, friendship with the world is enmity with God. That whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Whoa. So do you see how dangerous it is, my friend? This world system that we, we, we can't play tently winks with this. No, we have to stand. And what's the world system? The world system is contrary to God's ways. They're contrary to God's ways. Please hear what the Lord is saying to us. 
please, because this is it's, it's a serious thing, because what happens is, is that this friendship or this love for the world, it destroys a person's fellowship with God. It destroys our fellowship with God. Because, you know, and he reminds us this, you know, in, in Matthew, uh, in there that, you know, that you cannot serve two masters. You either love one and hate the other, but to, you cannot serve two masters, my friends. And in, in, in Matthew, it was referring to one of the, the biggest devices that the enemy uses, and especially in modern day times, in the world system to, to, to capture us or to, uh, to, uh, to lure us into a place of compromise. And, and what was Matthew using, what was he making known to the believer the, the, the major device that the enemy used is money. It's money. So yes, God knows that each and every one of us need money to live. It ain't no doubt about that. But the love of money and, and, and the greed of money you know, in there is what is the problem. And, and, and the enemy has used money, a source that he knows that the world needs and that the church has to have. So he's using something that is common on both sides. So he's not trying to use something that the world, that the world has that the church uh, don't need, no, don't have need of. No, he's using the, the highest thing that he uses is that which uh, both the world and the church has to handle. And the appeal is, is to the church having to handle money is to, to build a greed, not more than a, a need in there. And that line is so, so thin, my friends, and it's worth us paying attention to because it's the difference, you know, it's the difference between us being, having enmity between with God or is us having true fellowship with God. Here with us, saith the Lord, my friend, this is a dilemma and it may not be to, you know, to every individual, but it is to the church as a whole, it is one that has to be addressed, my friend, and it starts with you and me. And don't think that for some reason that you are beyond the, uh, the, the reach or somehow that you are immune to the touch. Because, see, that's the most dangerous place because once you feel like you didn't overcame something or you beyond, uh, you, you have immunity in something, then now he has you, my friend. No, this is something that we have to ever be aware of, my friend. This is why he says, you know, uh, in Colossians chapter 3, you know, that we have to be uh, careful and we have to be mindful as we set where we set our affections. You know, and see, when you set your affections, Colossians chapter 3 tells us then that we have to seek 
Seek, seek, do you know what seek means? Seek don't mean to wait uh, till it comes. Seek means go out and, and get. Mean purpose in your heart, my friends. And if you go to Colossians chapter 1, then he tells us to seek those things which are above where Christ is. That we have to set our affections and our mindset on the things above, not on the earth. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. It says, then, if you were raised with Christ. So he's in other words, he's saying, those of us, you and me, those of us that have been born again, that those of us as believers, that we are to do what? That we have to seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. So we have to own purpose. We have to own purpose. Focus one's will and emotion on the spiritual realities of heaven. And let, letting that, that control your whole motivation. So we have to own purpose, my friend, focus one, our will and our emotions on the spiritual realities of heaven and let that be our motivation for all that we do rather than getting caught up in earthly concerns. And this has to be a lifelong pattern for those of us who follow Christ. So this ain't no one-time deal. This becomes a lifestyle, my friends. And this is a serious thing because it's too much. I ain't even talking about the world now or the people that's following the world system. I'm talking about the, the church that don't supposed to be following the world system. <clears throat> it's been far too long, my friends, that, that we are putting precedence you know, on money, cars, and things. Even to the point where I was mentioning earlier that it opens us to false doctrine and false prophecy. So this is what makes it easy now, as Paul wrote to Timothy, for the, 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 the false prophet, not the, uh, see, let me back up just a second, because a false prophet, we have to understand, comes in two different forms. There's a false prophet that speaks false doctrine that is easily identifiable by you that know doctrine. But the, uh, and that's not the one we're talking about here. The other false prophet is the one that is a wolf in sheep clothing. He don't speak a foreign doctrine. He speaks the doctrine of Jesus Christ. But he, uh, what makes him a false prophet is that he speaks the truth, but he speaks it with wrong motivation, with selfish gain and, and, and self-motivation. It's about him, and he's using the truth to gain for himself. That's the hard one to recognize. That's the one that has to be spiritually discerned, my friend. And this is the very reason why you cannot listen to anybody uh, preaching and teaching the gospel. Because you won't be able to tell about what they, the words, uh, the first words that they say. But then they take you along the journey. And somewhere down the line after you've been captured by what we know is, uh, is the truth, then they lure you in and they strap you in and then this is where they hook you at. 
They put the hook in you somewhere down the line, my friend. And even to the point that when you expose yourself over and over again, that you will, uh, just as the word of God says, that in the latter days, they will be calling a lie, the truth, and the truth a lie, my friend. It will trap you with uh, a, a false sense of then now that, uh, yo, the very problem that we're talking about here, that somehow that because I'm a child of God, that I'm supposed to have all the money. We'll turn scripture like uh, I'm the head and not the tail into that I'm supposed to be rich and, 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 and uh, above all things. Yeah. See, and the thing about it is, no, they ain't going to just come up front and say this. The, the, the devil, don't, he don't come in a red suit when he comes to deceive you. Knocking on your door. No, he comes in a, a sharp uh, yo, tuxedo or a beautiful uh, nightgown is what he comes in. He's not coming with himself exposed that you can see him and, and not open the door. No, he wants you to look out the peephole and he comes with something sharp on that you will be inclined to open the door. Come on, somebody. And this is a serious thing, my friend, because the, the world system uh, and Satan is so crafty, it is set up and is designed to deceive us. So it's not a, a design for you to easily recognize. It's the same deception that the enemy used on Eve from way back in there. It's the same tactic that he came and he said in a smooth way that God, but God didn't surely say. It's the same uh, enemy that, 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 uh, used, that tried to use the same tactics even on Jesus Christ himself when, uh, when, he tried, when he tempted him coming out of the wilderness, my friends. That he used half truths. And so this is a, a, a serious dilemma. That's why God is dressing it with the church, my friends. Because it is a real dilemma. And for many of us, and with the time as it is, you know, and all that's going on, we all can see it. You know, there, there's, there's so much, even as it appears to the church, you know, that, and there's so much going around, even the Christian church, as to what we deserve to have. And it's all pertaining to earthly things. And it's pumping us up in our flesh to, as to what we deserve. And it'll put on the title of it, Because You're a Child of God. Because we're a child of God. Well, the word of God is plain and it's very true. Instead of us, uh, yo, having a love for the world it makes it very clear in Romans chapter 12 verse 2 when he says do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of our minds so more than us being trying to conform to the world system we have to be transformed my friend we have to be able to recognize what the truth is and what's really going on So let this serve as an encouragement for us today. That God says that, uh, you know, he 
He ain't forgot about you. He ain't forgot about us. And he wants to encourage us that it ain't the world system that's going to bring you anything of long-lasting satisfaction, even in this world, that it's only him. And the key thing that he has to appeal and, and, and get to our hearts, my friend, is us not loving or being jealous of the things that the world system is offering that seem so, uh, you know, so this and so that. But what we don't see is that this and that, it fades away and, and it don't last and it brings about hardship. It brings about corruption. That it fades away, my friend. It's not like the word of God. It's like the grass of the field. And the lilies of the valley. They fade away. Are we getting this? And God is encouraging us today to hold on, my friend. Don't be discouraged. Don't uh, keep you, don't uh, uh, keep looking on the other side, uh, yo, because if, the more that you continue to look on the other side, if you ain't careful, then you're going to be one to think that the grass is greener on the other side. The more you keep looking on the other side, then, yo, there's a, yo, it's a, a open door for the enemy to, to bring forth jealousy and begin to speak to you on, see, on what you deserve. It's a, it, it, this ain't no uh, new problem. The book of Psalms talks about it. David had a dilemma with it all the time. On the world, how they prospered and, and, and what I'm going through. It's always been a dilemma for us. Why? Because the world system has always been in play, my friend. This is not new under the sun. But God says we must be encouraged to keep our eyes on the prize to keep our mindset set right and transformed by a renewed mind. We got to renew our minds to, to, so we can stay on track, my friend. Because the truth be told, you don't want what you deserve. You really don't. See, that's that world system that twists it all up and then it'll pump you up to think that you deserve something. But if we got what we really deserve, then we know all of us would be in trouble right now, my friend. So God is saying, please, and especially for those of us here at True Love Christian Church, he's given us too much of truth for us to be swayed or tossed in any kind of way. And there is so much out there that will try to lead you astray, my friend. They'll try to tweak this and tweak that. But we may, must be steadfast in the truth of what God has uh, given you. And you know what God has given you because what he's given you is not by man. It's been by the spirit of the living God. So it don't matter what man he may even use 
to, to speak a word because we know that God could even use a donkey if he has to or if he wants to. But the truth of the matter is it wasn't what the man said that, you, that, that bear witness with you. It was the spirit of God. So let not no man call or defile the spirit of God at work in you. This is why it's important. This is why God has spent so much time with us on knowing the spirit, my friend. Because see, when you know the spirit, there ain't no deception that can come to you, my friend. Certainly not easily deceived. Not by no means. So let us look to close here in James chapter 1. James chapter 1. It's important, my friend, that we don't let anyone lure us off track. But that we stay focused on that which God has given us. Because what God has given you by the Spirit is pure and undefiled, my friends. I ain't talking about what man has given you. But what God has given you by the Spirit is pure and undefiled. And this is what G, uh, the writer James was writing in, 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 in verse 27 of, of, of chapter 1. It says, uh, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this. You know, and, then, and, and it mentions a couple things. Uh, obviously, the first thing is, is to visit the orphans and widows in their trouble. But then look at this. Pure and undefiled, this is why we came here this is what pure and undefiled religion is. It's to keep oneself unspotted from the world. True and pure uh, religion, and I ain't talking about religion in, 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 in a bad way. We're talking about relationship with God. We're talking about what God has called for. And in order for us to walk with uh, what God has called for, we have to uh, walk as those that are unspotted by the world. Meaning that we have to be separated from the world. So when he says, be ye separate, he's not talking about mankind. He's talking about the world system. And we've been led to believe that he's talking about, oh, separating ourselves from, you know, by race, by creed, and by this, by that, by likes, and all of this different stuff, by monetary status. You know, we use all kinds of things to separate ourselves. That's not what the Word of God is talking about. He's talking about separating yourself from the world system that will make you, that will put spots all over you, pure, or all over your religion. All over your belief in God. It will spot your belief in God. It'll taint your faith. It'll twist your, your understanding, my friends. It will water down the wisdom from above that God is trying to impart to you. That you will be susceptible to every whim of the enemy and every wind that he blows right by you. It'll just swoop you up every single time. Every fad, all of it, you'll be sucked in, just being tossed to and fro. 
jumping on every bandwagon, every so-called movement, unstable in all your ways is what it boils down to, my friend. So God is calling for pure and undefiled relationship, pure and undefiled believing. I have to say that first, so when, so when, he, when it says what it actually says, pure and foul religion, that we ain't twisted because we ain't talking about no religious religion or some false religion. We're talking about relationship with God. We're talking about a belief in God. We're talking about those of us that follow Christ, that he's called for it to be pure and undefiled. And, and what is pure and undefiled? Specifically to what we're talking about, it is unspotted from the world. Yes, we have an obligation, my friend, is to not allow uh, you know, uh, ourselves to get caught up in the world system and following it and compromising with it, playing titlywicks with it, being lured by it. Because ultimately, it ends and lands us in a place that, uh, that, the, that Paul wrote to Timothy about. One that is messed up, to say the least. One that, that leads a person you know, to be drawn by his own, the, the things of the flesh is what it boils down to, is that we then begin to be drawn by the things of the flesh. See, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, he talks about this as perilous times. And not only perilous times, but it's perilous men. And he warns them, uh, and he warns us that, to know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Because men will be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. That men will be lovers of themselves. They will be lovers of money. This was, remember I told you the main source that the enemy uses to lure us into a compromise with the world system to begin to like the world system, see, you know, or to begin to have friendship with the world system. Come on, somebody. You see, this is why he told us that friendship with the world is what is enmity towards me, God says. Because he knows what friendship turns into. It turns into a full-blown with 1 John chapter 2, our text verse here, to not love the world. Because friendship with the world turns into a love for it. This is crucial as God is calling the church to a certain place, to his place. He's calling us out of the world. And I'm talking, and I'm not talking about uh, just out of the world, but he's just like perilous, the, 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 the times that uh, the perilous times brings and how the, the, the world system is going to be operating at an all-time high. God is calling the church 
password is that it may compete at the all-time high, my friend. And that's what has to happen. So we can't continue like we've been. It's what it boils down to. Don't matter who we are, you cannot contend or continue how we've been. We all have to step up our game. We all have to step up to the next level, my friend. And today is that day. Today is that day that we make a commitment. So it don't matter. See, this is the good news. And this is why this is a word of encouragement because it means for every one of us. So the thing about it is don't matter where you are. Whether, how, whether that's been struggling or whether you've been thinking or whether you've been unspotted. So if you are already unspotted, then he's calling you to another place because that place where you're at that's unspotted is finna be spotted. So you better move. You better move. You better move. Better move. You can't stay there. It was safe, but it ain't safe no more. Tomorrow it ain't going to be safe. So this is the good news. He's calling every one of us past where we are. Hallelujah. So that's glory be to God. We don't even have to ask anybody, do you want to come down now to pray? Because this applies to everybody. So you can stay right where you are and we, I can pray for you right there. Ain't that good news? See, God loves us so much that he ain't going to put so much pressure on you that you got to look around and, oh, I got to walk down the aisle again. And, no, no. He said, no, just sit right there. It's okay. Because I've been talking to you the whole time. You got to move from where you at. You can't stay here no more. It is time to move. So, do not love the world or the things of it. Do not love the world system. We got to let that go. And if we've been playing, if we had any, any kind of a relationship with it, today is that day that we divorce. 